0: And as we gather to worship in this season of Lent, we, we gather into this season that's marked by an in, intentionality, an intentionality in, in prayer in reflection, and reflection and making ways for our, our hearts to truly be prepared for the coming of Easter and the resurrection and the new life. And as we navigate this season of Easter, one of the, or the season of Lent, rather, uh, one of the things that it does is it, it, it pulls together themes of darkness and light. It, it causes us to think about... Uh, the need for repentance, but also uh, the power of grace, the power of redemption that Jesus accomplishes through the cross and the resurrection. And so uh, this morning we're really going to spend our time uh, on the coming together of darkness and light and and what happens and what God is up to in the midst of that. One of the images that comes to mind for me uh, almost immediately as I think about this theme uh, is the, the image of a sunrise. How many of you have, have gotten up early enough and, and, and taken in a sunrise at some point in your life? Like a good many of us, right? One of the times that, that sticks out to me, or it may be the only time in, in my memory that I actually saw the sunrise, though, was about 10 years ago. We've got, a, we've got an image of it here. Um, this, is, um, this is catching the sunrise on top of a volcano. Volcano. And uh, Emily and I did this about 10 years ago, so this is uh, on top of Haleakala, uh, which is the volcano that formed Maui. And so we, we got up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and we, we went and we jumped in a van with like 15 other people, like crammed in like this, and we, we drove up this winding road that took us to the top of this mountain before uh, before the sun rose. And, and you got up there, and you—so the idea is that you you get up there and then you ride a bike all the way down to the beach, which is pretty— pretty amazing, but th- these themes of, of dark and light that play out through that, you get up there and it's pitch black, you can't see anything, and the wind is whipping around, and you basically have a snowsuit on, uh, just trying to, to kind of hang in there long enough for the sun to rise, and, and the whole time you're wondering, I don't think this was worth it, right? You're, you're waiting for the sun to come up, and you're like, this was a terrible idea. We spent money on this. Like, we, you know, this is, this is not a good idea, but then slowly you start to see the, the the rays of the Sun right and you start to see that oh yeah we're actually above the clouds right And then the, then the sun breaks forth and it, and it just starts of slowly rises a little bit more and a little bit more and then and then you're thinking yeah this is this was totally worth it And this is one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen And one of the things that was beautiful about it is the the power of light to overcome darkness, right? The, the power of, of light to start to, to come up and then you begin to see what's going on all around you. The sunrise uh, has a power to do that. And, and that sort of pops up as a metaphor uh, for the power of God throughout Scripture. And Jesus really sort of leans into that uh, in the Gospel of John. As we navigate the season of Lent, uh, we're going to be looking at some of these I am statements that Jesus makes, particularly in the Gospel of John. As Jesus is teaching people, his disciples, Pharisees, other people gathered around them, he makes these statements about who he is. And, and I would suggest these I am statements. They not only communicate to us about who God is, but they communicate to us about who we are. And so paying attention to them, uh, particularly in these weeks leading up to Easter, uh, I think is a good opportunity for reflection, a good opportunity uh, for, for asking what God is up to in our lives. And so in the Gospel of John, John really starts his Gospel off uh, in the way that Genesis begins the Bible. In the first chapter of of John 1, uh, it says this, He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Well, these themes that, that, that John is, is laying out here in these first few verses are really uh, the same sort of themes you pick up in the epic poetry of Genesis 1, right? In the beginning, God created, and he, and he saw that it was good. God, God created the light, God is at work in this. And John is, John is intentionally pointing back to Genesis uh, as he talks about what it is that Jesus is up to and who Jesus is. And so uh, by time we skip forward to uh, John chapter 8, uh, we find Jesus in the, in the midst of people. Jesus teaching, preparing people to understand who he is and to, to live into that. And in John chapter 8, Uh, Jesus says this, it says, when he spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is a pointed statement. Jesus is talking about who he is. And in so doing, he's encouraging those who hear these words to think about who we are. And one of the things that we, we pick up from this, not just this verse in John chapter 8, but really through the whole narrative of Scripture, is that we were made for light. And it's not just the Bible that tells us that. Our own natures tell us that. We, we need light. We long for it, naturally. Our neighbors long for it. And this is really nothing new. When we pick up this theme of light, one of the times that we, we really talk about it, uh, what's going on? Um, one of the times that we really talk about it is during the season of Advent, right—the coming of Jesus into the world, the, the, the coming of this light. But I think it's a powerful theme for for Lent as well. But picking up on some of those Advent verses that we go to uh, in places like Isaiah nine, where Isaiah is, is talking to a people who feel beat down, who feel like everything around them seems like darkness, that they can barely get their their heads above the surface. And they're they're calling out and crying out to God, saying, God, where are you? You said you would be with us. You, You said that you would send us a Savior. We're waiting. In Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah says to those that are waiting, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned this imagery, this language, pops up again and again throughout the Psalms. Psalm 18, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. This imagery of light, of needing light, of light being useful, of helpful, of of God being in the midst of light. It runs throughout the narrative of scripture. And and Tim Keller, he he breaks down um, how the nature of God's light manifests itself in three ways that I think are helpful for us this morning as we think about what it means for Jesus to say, I am the light of the world. He says that God's light manifests itself in life, truth, and beauty. God's light manifests itself in life. And if we think about this, we, we know this, that light leads to life. I mean, if you go out uh, into your backyard, probably now, uh, you'll start to begin to see that as the, the sun is shining more, more directly, as the seasons are changing, there are green things beginning to shoot, shoot up in your yard, Right? You, you know that, that some plants need direct sunlight and need uh, that light in order to thrive. You know that we as humans, we, we need vitamin D. We need light ourselves to really thrive. If the sun were to cease shining, we would be in big trouble, right? Light and life are, are intricately connected. And as you think about that theme throughout scriptures, and you remember John 1 says that in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. One of the things that Jesus is saying, when he says, I am the light of the world, Jesus is saying, I am the source of life. I am the source of new life. You maybe are walking in darkness. You don't have to keep doing that. You you, you may be suffering. You may be struggling. You, You may need help. I'm here, Jesus is saying. I am the source of life, Jesus tells us. And Jesus, through his life, through his teachings, through his death and resurrection, as we move closer to that, we know that Jesus leads us to new life. That's the the power of Jesus. That's the work of Jesus and what he seeks to accomplish. So Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, in part is saying to us, available through me is life, new life, true life. Another thing that uh, light does is that light exposes truth. As Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world, Jesus is saying, I want to show you what's true. Not everything you believe, not everything someone says to you, not everything you say is true. But Jesus is trying to communicate to those around them and to us about what is really true. And the, the context of what Jesus is saying in John 8 is especially focused on this. Jesus is, uh, is teaching uh, around the tabernacle. And so gathered around them are, are people who have been waiting for a Savior to come. You know, the people that Isaiah 9 is, is speaking to are the same people that Jesus is speaking to. The people who are saying, oh, we're waiting for the Savior, the one God is sending to actually show up. Jesus is standing there amongst the Pharisees saying, I'm the one you've been waiting for. I am the light of the world. And, and we see in John 8, 13 that there's, there's skepticism. It says the Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony isn't valid. Now the Pharisees are looking at Jesus and saying, you're one seemingly crazy dude standing before us, telling us that you're the son of God, you're the light of the world. We don't believe you. And why should we believe you? You're just one person up here making claims. So as Jesus seeks to share truth, we find that what is true today has always been true around Jesus. It's hard for people to see the light that is Jesus. It's hard for people to accept it. It's hard for it to make sense always in the context of the lives that we live. But light exposes truth. Have you ever had the experience where you're you're driving and the sun is setting and and darkness is is uh, like slowly enveloping and uh, you know, maybe you're like me and your car doesn't have automatic headlights and so you're you're cruising along it's getting a little darker it's getting a little darker and then at some point you're like I can't see anything right and you turn your headlights on and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah there's a lot of stuff going on around me you begin to really have a have a, a you know catch a grip of the the power of light but it but it exposes the things around you like right like we're on top of a volcano and the sun is rising and you're like okay that's the fence that if I fall over I die like now I see that and that's important I'm glad that I see that, because there's, there's truth involved in that. The light does that. It exposes what's true and what's real around us. But our world doesn't always want light, right? I mean, it, it doesn't take long for us. I mean, probably if you just pick up your newspaper today, there's an article somewhere in there about a cover-up, about somebody who paid somebody to sign a non-disclosure agreement of, of, of some space where somebody said, I don't want this truth to come out, and so I'm not going to let any light shine on it. I'm going to do whatever I can to protect myself, right? Power does that. But what Jesus is up to is something different. He wants justice to roll. He, he, he wants light to shine in darkness. He, he wants things to be illuminated. And it's not just true in our world. It, it's true within our own spiritual lives. What Jesus wants to do within us is to bring healing, and so the season of Lent where we, where we would say, you know, it's important for us to really think about our prayer lives. It's important for us to really think about repentance. And we don't wake up every day saying, oh, what can I repent about today, right? How can, how can I recognize what I'm doing wrong and change it today? We don't always get really excited about that. But that's what light does. It shines light on the attitudes and the actions and the things that we hold on to in our lives that, that maybe it's time to let go of. Maybe it's time to let God's light shine on those things. And when we do that, God's light, the truth, it brings healing to our spiritual blindness. It brings healing to the places in our lives where we've walked away from God. And so the light of God, Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, one of the things it wants to do is to lead us to truth and the truth that connects us to God. Another thing that light does is that it brings beauty and joy. Now, daylight savings time, this day's maybe not your favorite day, right? I used to not care, and now that I have kids, it just, I, I hate it, right? But what I love, what I love is like 7 o'clock tonight, and there's going to be some light, right? Like we, we appreciate that. Like we, we know that we enjoy that. I was walking down the street uh, last night, and a, a guy was walking his dog on the, on the other side of the street. I just said, hey, how you doing? And he said, how about this blue sky? I didn't know if I was going to make it through February, and I was like, "Wow, that is a that is a heavy, um, you know, road conversation there." But how true is that, right? How many of us, as we navigate these winter months, are like, "My gosh, can this can this season change? Can we can we get some light to come in? And with that light comes beauty, right? I mean, when when we were walking around and start to see the crocuses and the tulips pop up, right? It's beauty, it's joy that unfolds from that. And what Jesus says." I am the light of the world. He's not just saying, hey, I want to shine stuff into the dark corners of your heart so you can see where to repent. He's saying, I want to show you what's beautiful, right? Go back to Genesis again. God created and he said it's good. He created and he said it's good. He he created man and, and woman in his image and he says it is very good, right? Our God is a God of beauty and his light points us in that direction. It points us towards beauty and it leads us to joy. So, the, the light of God, Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, it manifests itself in us, being in touch with life and new life. It, it points us towards truth, and it leads us towards beauty and joy. Well, what do we do with that? Now, how does that impact our everyday lives as we not just navigate Lent, but seek to follow Jesus in the, the darkness that, that is our world at times? One of the things it does is it, it tells us that we don't have to fear darkness. I mean, Jesus is on a journey ultimately towards Jerusalem where he'll be nailed to a cross. I mean, Jesus is, is on his way towards the darkness of death, the darkness of a cave with a stone rolled in front of it. I mean, Jesus is, is facing darkness right in its eyes, and he's saying, I'm going to overcome it. I'm more powerful than darkness. Uh, light has shown and darkness cannot overcome it. I mean, Jesus is in the midst of proving that. And so for us, one of the things that tells us is that it's, it's important for us to welcome the light. I mean, if we think about Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, it's, it's an invitation to us to welcome the light into our lives, right? To welcome the salvation that comes from Jesus, to welcome the grace and the love and the mercy that comes from Jesus. And there's nothing novel about that. But it's important for us to, to remember over and over again that we need to welcome the light of Jesus into our lives. Whether we uh, entered a relationship with Jesus decades ago or days ago, to wake up each day and to welcome the light of Jesus into our lives is an important practice for us every day, not just during the season of Lent. But another thing we need to do is to make space for the light. Now, in John 8, where Jesus makes that declaration, I am the light of the world, uh, commentators think that the, 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 the wider context for that is that that statement took place around the time of the Festival of Tabernacles. And part of the, the Festival of Tabernacle was this, this uh, special moment, special celebration of light. And so what they would do is uh, they would go, and this seems totally safe, um, but they would go into the tabernacle, this building, and in each corner they would put these, these really big bowls, like a giant chandelier, uh, you know, type of just bowls, and they would fill them with oil. And then uh, the priests would take old clothing and they would make thousands of wicks and they would light those in, on fire in the bowls. And so the, the scene, what that would look like inside that space in the midst of darkness would be tremendous light. But the tabernacle was placed on a hill too. So in the ancient world, this scene would seem like a a scene that you would never see anywhere else, right? You wouldn't flip a switch and get light coming through windows. So when people looked up on the hill and they saw the tabernacle and light just pouring out of it, it seemed like a a unique, special moment. And and that moment of remembrance was looking back to uh, the journey of the people of Israel as they they navigated the, the wilderness. And uh, as God sent light to guide them on their journey. As they gathered to celebrate the light, they remembered that over and over again, right? That, that, that service, that celebration was a moment uh, to make space for the light of God in their lives. And that's something we need to do. I mean, I don't know that you need, uh, or it's, uh, the fire marshal would encourage you to fill a bowl of oil and light that on fire. I don't think that's probably the way to do it indoors, but I, I think through spiritual practices, through uh, the practice of prayer, through the practice of, uh, if you think about what the psalmist says, right? Your word is a lamp unto my path, right? Um, There are spiritual practices that we can engage in that make space for the light of God to enter our lives. There's lots of them throughout Christian history. And I would say to make intentional space to practice those makes more and more space for the light of God in our lives. And we should do it, right? I mean, if we believe that Jesus really is the light of the world, but we navigate our lives without really carving out much space for that light to enter in our lives, we're likely missing it. And to miss God's light is to likely make more space for darkness to enter in. And so making space for the light of God is significant. But more than just welcoming the light and making space for the light in a way that, that benefits us, I mean, Jesus is really clear that we are intended to shine the light. So Richard Rohr shares this conversation he has with Desmond Tutu, which uh, part of it was uh, Desmond Tutu just encouraging him to think about his role and God's role. And uh, Desmond Tutu's encouragement to him was this. We are only the light bulbs, and our job is to remain screwed in. And you think about Jesus being the light of the world, and you think about our roles and our tendencies at times to take the weight of the world onto our own shoulders to say, uh, that if, if God's going to do anything in this world, then we need to be the ones uh, charging through and making it happen and pushing it forward. A lot of times, I think we need this reminder that our, our job is to be a, a vessel. Our job is to be available for God to use. Our job is to make ourselves available for God to shine through. Jesus, he, he doesn't only say, I am the light of the world, but if you remember his sermon on the Beatitudes, he tells us really clearly that You are the light of the world. In Matthew 5, he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, making space for God's light in our lives is intended to create something that shines through us. God in his infinite wisdom has chosen to use people like me and you to demonstrate his love and his goodness into the world that we live in. He's chosen to use people as imperfect as us to shine light in darkness. And we should take that seriously. But we're not very good light bulbs if we don't stay screwed in, right? We're not very effective if we don't stay connected and allow the light of God to infiltrate our hearts so that it can shine through us. And so this morning, I would love for us to really just take a moment and ask two questions of ourselves. How can we welcome the light of God into our own lives this week? Where's the the space? Where's the darkness? Where's that corner in our lives where we really need uh, God's life, his truth, his beauty to show up in our lives? And then a second question from that, how can we shine it for others? How can we shine the light of God in a tangible way in the places that we go this week? I want to pray, and as part of that prayer, I want to make some space for you to just converse with God about that. So would you pray with me now? Father God, we thank you for the truth that we step into this morning, that in this world we, we may have trouble. In this world, we, we may bump into darkness. We, we may experience the pain and suffering attached to that. And we might find ourselves longing for light. But God, your, your truth, your assurance is that the sun will rise, that light will come. And we claim that and cling to that this morning. You are capable. You are more powerful than darkness. Your light is the light that shines into all the world. God, we are the ones who get the opportunity to receive it and to reflect it. And so, God, our prayer this morning is that you might help us to see where in our lives we can make space for your light to shine this week, God. Show us, help us to see where we need your light. God, we confess this morning, we need you. And we know that we were made for light. And we know sometimes we walk away from it, God, but we know that your love, your grace are present with us this morning. And so God, we pray that your love and grace would create something in us. That as we navigate our days, that we could actually shine your light in the places we go. And so, God, help us to see where we can shine your light in a tangible Father, you are the light of the world, and connected to you, we are light in the world. Strengthen us, guide us, give us your spirit as we follow you into the world.